Hi, everybody. Uh, it's it's great to be with you all tonight. And uh, I hope you're making it through reading periods and um, not too challenged as you look to exams. So as many of you know, we've entered into the season of Advent, uh, which if you're not familiar with that term, that's in the Christian uh, tradition, uh, Advent is the period of uh, expectant waiting uh, for the coming of Christ. It's typically the four Sundays just prior to Christmas. And that term Advent comes from the Latin and the Latin word comes from the Greek for coming. So Advent is a season uh, of expectant waiting. Um, it might focus on the first coming of Christ, uh, of course, or it might look beyond that to the return of Christ at, at his second coming. And, and for the next two weeks, uh, two Friday nights, we're going to take a look at uh, a text in the Gospel of Luke that describes two people, uh, a man and a woman, uh, both elderly, who were waiting uh, expectantly uh, for the coming of Christ. And uh, these, uh, some of you have already guessed, are uh, Simeon and Anna. So let me read the scripture from uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 25 through 28. Now there was uh, a man uh, in Jerusalem, and the, and the context here is that uh, Jesus, uh, Mother Mary, and uh, uh, Joseph have uh, brought Jesus. He's, he's now a little over a month old. They've brought him. Uh, to Jerusalem, uh, uh, as it says here, um, you know, uh, uh, to do for him uh, there in verse 27, according to the custom of the law. So this is the text. Now, there was uh, a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when uh, the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is God's word. And as we uh, reflect on this uh, passage tonight, I want to ask, first of all, this question is, what, 
what tonight are we waiting for? Um, if you're like me, I think most of us would say, well, uh, I'm waiting for this pandemic to be over. Uh, that's at the top of the list, right? Um, I'm waiting for a vaccine to become widely available. I'm waiting for things to return to normal. And, you know, and then beyond that, we begin to think of, well, and in a normal time, uh, there are other things that we might be waiting for, right? Um, waiting for the end of these exams. Uh, I'm really waiting for winter break. Um, maybe I'm waiting uh, to get a job offer or to hear back from a grad school. Maybe I'm waiting to find true love. What's on your list tonight of things you're waiting for? You know, right now we are all grappling with the sadness of, uh, of reduced expectations in an altered world. Um, I mean, think of it, invited to return to campus, but we all know it's not going to be the same, right? Um, difficult as it is, perhaps God can use this pandemic to get our attention in a deeper, in a better way. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote uh, this. He said, pain insists on being attended to. Uh, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. It's like God maybe is saying to us all, can you hear me now? Are we, are we waiting now in the midst of this? Are we waiting for the right things? Do my desires, do your desires, do the things we long for align with God's promises and with God's plans? Perhaps many of the things, too many of the things that we long for, that we're waiting for with such expectancy are not the things that matter most. Well, what were Simeon and Anna waiting for? Uh, the text says that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it says of, of Anna that she was waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now that word consolation, that, that speaks of comfort, um, comfort and relief from suffering, from misery, from loss. And the word redemption speaks of deliverance, uh, deliverance from powers that might keep us in bondage. And, and, and so Simeon and Andrew are waiting for relief from their present distress. And the fact that they're both described as waiting for it, uh, that tells us that in their time, in their experience, these things had not yet come. In their world, Israel was occupied. It was an occupied, oppressed, and harassed nation. It was a far cry from the vision uh, that was given to Abraham of a great nation, which would be a source of blessing to all of the families upon the earth, Genesis 12. I mean, the, the language of comfort and consolation here in, in Luke is probably an allusion to Isaiah chapter 40, where the prophet, uh, God through the prophet, promises comfort to the nation from its time of exile, from its warfare, from its humiliation, uh, comfort in the coming of a Messiah. And Simeon is, is waiting, he's waiting 
for that Messiah. He's waiting for a savior. And God uh, had miraculously revealed to Simeon, uh, and Luke is very pointed about this, that he would not die before the Lord's Christ had come and he had seen him. And so Simeon is waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting expectantly. We don't know for how long. And then there's Anna. She's an aged widow. She's been on her own a long time, and she's also waiting. She's waiting, it says, for a redeemer, one who would deliver the people from their bondage to Rome, one who would restore Jerusalem to its former glory. Who would have the power to do that? Who would have the power to rescue them from their present distress, from their enemies, from the forces of evil arrayed against them? And so we have this man and, and this woman who are waiting for God to fulfill the promises that he has made. And they believed that God would keep his promises. And so they waited expectantly. Well, what did they find? Uh, at least two things they found in, the, in, in, their, in their waiting. First is this. They found that God keeps his promises. God is a promise keeper from beginning to end. God reveals himself to be true to his word. He is trustworthy in all things. He is faithful. He is steadfast. He works all things according to the counsel of his own will. Not one of his good purposes can be thwarted. God is a promise keeper. And so in Simeon's case, we, we might say that he experienced God as, as a promise keeper in, in at least in two ways that you see there in the text. First, Simeon, who knows the prophets, and he, he was able to witness. He was, he was a front row seat to the unfolding of God's great plan of redemption as it's promised in the law and in the prophets. But God had also made this more specific promise to, to Simeon and a personal promise to him. Not just one that's in, in the prophets, but one to Simeon himself, that he would not die before he saw the Messiah. God doesn't do this for all of us, but how extraordinary. Here, Simeon has the great privilege to be a witness to the arrival of the promised Messiah, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And, and because God kept his promise to Simeon, I hope, I, I, I mean, just thinking about this, our faith can be strengthened tonight that we also can trust God to do everything that he has said he will do, not to, not to despair of that for a minute. You know, I've just finished reading, uh, some of you know this, I've just finished reading The Hobbit. I never read it when I was a kid, full disclosure. Um, by Tolkien. And at the very end of that uh, wonderful story, uh, the, the, the main character, Bilbo Baggins, exclaims, he's the hobbit, uh, he exclaims to Gandalf, the wizard, uh, he says this, then the prophecies of the old songs have turned out to be true after a fashion. Of course, said Gandalf, and why should they not prove true? God keeps his promises, brothers and sisters. God keeps his promises. But not only is he a promise keeper, but the second thing I think that, that Anna and Simeon began to realize 
realize is that God keeps his promises better than we imagine. Because they were looking for uh, a redeemer. Um, they were looking for a Messiah, a Messiah and th their conception of, of redeemer and Messiah was probably a little bit more in a box than we might imagine. And, and yet they discover that the salvation that this Messiah would bring was better than imagined in at least these two ways. First, it was better because it, it was a salvation that would so far transcend a mere political overthrowing of Roman rule over Israel. The kingdom that Jesus represents, the kingdom that he was bringing, the kingdom that was at hand with Jesus is nothing less than cosmic in scope. And the salvation that he brings is not merely a political liberation, but it is to set us free from the tyranny of sin itself, of Satan himself, and of, of the powers and principalities, and, and of the last enemy, death. What a great salvation. And, and second, it's better than they would have imagined, because it is also a salvation that, yes, it would include the Jewish people, but it was not limited to the Jewish people. Jesus comes bringing a salvation that would far transcend the people of Israel. Jesus came to be a savior of all people, far and near, Jew and Gentile, through all time, to everyone who calls upon his name. And so it's, it's just like, wow, God answers. He's, he's faithful to his promises, but wow, so much more than I imagined. In the birth of this child, the prophecies of the old songs have turned out to be true. God's great plan and purpose of bringing salvation is unfolding before their eyes in real time. Joy has dawned upon the earth. The people in walking in darkness have seen a great light, brighter and more glorious than anything they could have imagined, hoped for. No wonder that Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, he talks about these things. He talks about God as the one who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Because God is a powerful promise keeper, and he keeps his promises better than we imagine. Well, so what was Simeon and Anna's experience uh, in this? The text says they were waiting for comfort. They were waiting for consolation. And what did they find? They found comfort. They found consolation. They found hope of redemption in the birth of Jesus. And so should we. They saw this child and they believed that he was the promised one. And they took comfort in that faith. And, and Simeon's song, which you see there before you, is such a beautiful testimony of a person who has seen and experienced God's faithfulness firsthand. And now uh, he, it's, it's in verse, it's often been set to music. He sings, now I, I can die in peace because I have seen the salvation of the Lord. To see Jesus is to see salvation even better than I imagined. I can die knowing 
that because of Jesus, I have peace with God. I can entrust myself even to death, knowing that life and immortality have been brought to light through the gospel. I have a hope that far transcends even death. I am at peace. And, you know, it's, it shouldn't surprise any of us that Simeon's song has as as thus been used in the life of the church uh, in its worship since at least the fourth century as part of uh, daily prayers at the end of the day, evening prayers. And, and it's been so many times set to music. I, I had a great time uh, on Spotify listening to different versions of Simeon's song, expressing these themes of fulfillment of God's promises, peace, with God, rest in God. And so, you know, my question, come, I come back to the question that we started with. Um, what are we waiting for tonight, brothers and sisters? In the midst of a global pandemic, in, in the midst of uh, what the head of the CDC said the day before yesterday, in the midst of the greatest public health crisis in the history of this nation, where is our hope tonight? Where is our comfort and our consolation? Is it not in Jesus? Is it not in the faithfulness of our promise-keeping God? I, I, I'm so happy the worship team did O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. What a, that's one of my favorite hymns. And, and here's a slightly different version of, uh, I think it was the third or the fourth verse that they, they sang. O come, O come, O bright and morning star, and bring us comfort from afar. Dispel the shadows of the night and turn our darkness into light. Are you longing tonight for consolation to be set free from the power, from the presence of sin? Well, then let us set our hope fully on the grace that will be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He came once to pay the penalty for our sin. He will come again to deliver us finally from the very presence of sin. God wants us to know that he can be trusted to keep his promises. And so the writer of the Hebrew said that when God, uh, to, to the Hebrews, uh, he, he said that when God wanted to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place, into the very presence of God, where Jesus has gone as our forerunner. In these days, in all times, but certainly in these days, let's take courage tonight from believers like Simeon and Anna, who have gone before us and who testify that God keeps his promises even better than we imagine. Let's turn our longing away from false hopes and false promises, and let's hold firm in fixing our hope on his promises to us in Christ. Amen. Thank you.